0: Welcome back to the Frizz and the Grease podcast with your hosts, Trudeau and D. Hello, and welcome back to Frizz and the Grease. It's your boy, Trudeau. Thanks for joining us live on Tuesday, January 16th, 2024, or next day on podcasts. If you listen to live, check out the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. Good show for you today. It's gonna to be honest. It's gonna be pretty much all football because it was a hell of a football weekend, and we love football. I love football, but probably not as much as my man right here to my left, D Frizzy Frizz. What's good?
1: What to do, baby? Happy Tuesday, and yes, it's a beautiful day. We watched an incredible amount of football on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. We were blessed with three days worth of football. So it don't get no mu- it doesn't get much better than that, honestly.
0: Not only was it three days of football, which I like I love Super Wildcard weekend, adding that extra playoff team was was clutch. Not only three days, but maybe not the most competitive games in all of the games, <laughs> but some good shit to talk about afterwards because there was some doozies this weekend.
1: The amount of storylines that I have populated because of what happened and what escalated over the last three days for football is incredible. Obviously, we're going to go over as much as we possibly can. Uh, for those that are here watching live, definitely throw in the chat if it's something involving your team that we may have missed. For those that are listening to us in the car ride tomorrow morning, uh, hit us up on Facebook and definitely give us your thoughts on how the the weekend turned out for you and your team if they were playing. My team wasn't, but Trudeau's team was.
0: Absolutely. Supporting the Bucks gear. Uh, So, yeah, lots of football stuff. We'll talk about all the weekend games. But first, I want to give us some shouts. And I'm going to start with a little little replay of last weekend when we asked the question, who did we think was on upset alert? And I'll go for D first because his, by far, was the more impressive of the two. So, hear me out. And I only say this not because of the run that
1: they're on, but just because of history. I don't believe in the Packers, but I do. I find it hard to believe in the Cowboys in the playoffs oh, that's juicy. Until, they, until they prove otherwise. Mike McCarthy has always come up short in the playoffs. The Dallas Cowboys have always come up short in the playoffs and they're never going to be judged based off of their regular season. So I don't care if they get the one seed, two or three, they get a bye. It's that first game in the playoff. That's going to determine how the season of the Dallas Cowboys is. And I get it that they're their home team. Jordan Love is not a bad quarterback. He's a very hot cold. He can go off for 304 yeah, touchdowns and thing. no picks or he can go off for, you know, 152 interceptions no, nothing else. So like that's a unpredictable game that if they don't get to a hot start meaning the Cowboys and they don't allow Mika Parsons and that line, um, Demarcus Lawrence, to, to feast off of passing situations, the playbook and the blueprint was out. The Cowboys do not like to stop the run. So A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, those are two really good running backs where if you get a 7-10 to 10 point lead, watch out. They are going to run it down their throat. Wow! Now, I, granted, I'm usually not good at remembering the dumb shit that I say. And I think you even asked me, like, did you say something about this? And I was like, I think I did because I wasn't sure. But my goodness, was that take spot on with the way that that game turned out. That is awesome.
0: The only thing I think you were off on, I don't know what AJ Dillon um, and Aaron Jones finished with, but I just oh, remember yeah. AJ Aaron Jones went off 118. That's okay. Not, so not you were crazy. you were spot on. They got that lead and yeah, ran them down. That was that was probably the most impressive prediction because they were seven plus point favorite, which that's amazing. And then on the other side, my upset pick for the week, my actual most probable upset for this week. I think Tampa Bay is going to win this game over the Eagles. I know Tampa Bay is technically the, the, alarm. the higher seed, like they are the, but they are the betting underdog by three points. The Eagles have lost five of their last <laughs> six games. Like nobody's like, I think everyone just had things like, oh yeah, it's the Eagles. Like they were in the Super Bowl, they're just going to put it together. And it, this ain't it, guys. Like it was so embarrassing. They get they lost to the Cardinals, which put their chance to the division very low. And they actually went out and tried to play the Giants. Mm -hmm. I know people will go and look and be like, oh, Jalen Hurts only played a half. Yeah, because they were getting their ass beat so bad after the first half with Jalen Hurts. And A.J. Brown got hurt. And they're like, we got, pull the plug. Just pull the plug in this. Throw the backups in. We're just going to give up this game. This team has been limping for the past several, almost two months now to the finish line. And I think on the flip side, you have a Bucks team, which I know they didn't. They struggled against Carolina, which does put <laughs> does make me a little worried. Nine to zero for those that weren't. Hey, that it's were a shutout. a shutout. But they have been trending up the, um, over the back half of the season. Home field I guess a team that's absolutely on its last legs. I think David Bay has this one. Here comes the- Whoa! I like that too, though. <laughs> wow. My only regret is not going harder on that take and just being they're going to beat the shit out of them. I mean, you had you had the like fan emotion, like we emotionally, I want us to win.
1: Mathematically, it it sounds like we're going to win, but it's still the Eagles. Like that was the feeling that you had with it, and then they went out there and they beat the brakes off of them. So, two really really good takes. (laughs) Not to say that we're on Sports Center or on ESPN or anything like that. Uh, but two really good takes that turned out, you know, exactly how we expected them to uh, just based off of what we had been watching, you know, leading up to what super wildcard weekend.
0: The one thing I saved saved you from is that after I had my take immediately after you're like, nope, you're wrong. <laughs> I, I didn't clip that, but I got thrown in that you you are not a fan of the Bucks pick. Speaking of. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, that was it. If uh, I mean I'm
1: glad that you didn't because you I, I don't I didn't see it if like you were you were cheering for them, like if the Saints were in the playoffs, like, oh yeah, I don't care if they were two touchdown underdog, I'm gonna say they're gonna win. Um but you were you were you were straight with it, man. And I think it's a, a big a big shout, switch, which we'll go over, a big shout to how they game plan to play up against Philly. Yeah, let's talk about some of those games.
0: What's the best way to approach this? Do we do chronological from the earliest lady games or do you just want to pick at random?
1: Uh we can do it at random because there's some games that really didn't have as much meat to them um when it came to the turnout, but like all games were had an interesting had some type of interesting factor to them. So we can go to the the biggest one of the weekend, which was the Cowboys Packers, or we can go to the Bucks, Eagles, whichever's easy, whichever's best for you.
0: Uh, let's start, let's start Bucks Eagles just because it was the most recent. And I feel like mm-hmm. it's fresh in everyone's mind. It was yesterday. I think it was, I think the outcome is predictable. I think it's one of those games where you look back on it and be like, oh yeah, that makes sense now, but everyone's still caught up was so caught up and well, was the Eagles. who wanted to super Bowl, like they should win this game. And one of the things that has been a struggle for the Eagles when AJ Brown's gone is they kind of make their bread and butter. If they get blitzed, they run kind of verts on the outside with their two best wide receivers, and they can beat coverages. Um, and Todd Bowles on on Tampa, man, they called up a very aggressive defense. When they blitzed Jalen Hurts, uh, he was in a world of trouble. They couldn't beat one-on-one coverage. Granted, they, have, they had one big pass of like 56 yards where they got the touchdown. But other than that, they had nothing on, on Tampa's defense. The one thing I was really shocked by... I watched the first. I watched the whole game. First drive, Tampa goes down the field, no problem. Kicks a field goal, which has been kind of a problem for Tampa, not like punching in the uh, into the end zone. The Eagles come out and they run. They ran the ball pretty effectively on the first drive, and they pretty much abandoned it immediately. And I'm surprised they abandoned the run after one series. I think that could have been a really good weapon for them. They try to put it all in Hurts, and with that aggressive pass rushing defense. You know, they really could not break break out and get beat one-on-one matchups.
1: I think because Philly, I mean, kudos obviously to the game plan for, for Todd Bowles for sending the house. Um, essentially, it wasn't just five man or six man blitz right up the middle. Like they were dropping it Vea. Yeah. yeah, it's Veda, it's Vea that's in the middle, right? He's he's still the D tackle there. Yeah, so they were they would blitz off the edge and then like sit vita back or send four people from the left side like it was crazy the amount of different looks that they gave and to to the dismay of the eagles like we talked about them losing the offensive coordinator and not having an identity this entire season like that was a prime reasoning for it right there where yeah i understand like you're able to or at specific times you were able to beat them one-on-one if you were throwing to the outside but you can't keep hitting your head up against the wall and expecting different results. Like it wasn't working. Their ground game was non-existent. And that's the reason why these Eagles went as far as they did last year is because they relied on that. And they even got a better running back removing Gainwell from the from the look from the game, or not game from the team, and picking up DeAndre Swift, right? Mm-hmm. They got a better running back and they took a step backwards with their run game, which I think that's what bit them in the ass at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, and then defensively, I mean, I know they've oh. had a ton of injuries. I think they're down two cornerbacks. Um, but it just it, it's not the same Eagles team you saw last year. They could not get to Baker. The pass rush wasn't getting there. The cornerbacks couldn't lock up. I mean, Tampa has some good wide receivers. You have to give credit to where credit's true. Like, this Tampa team, I know people were down on them. I think they're over-under win total. Coming into the year was five and a half. And I think it was mostly because Baker, you go from Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield, People are going to say there's going to be a huge slip, but this is still an offense, uh, in particular the two wide receivers in Godwin um, and Mike Evans that went to a Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl. So like you have good skill positions. I think you know with Baker Mayfield, it's a flip of a coin. You get a good Baker or a bad Baker, and he played the game of his life, and he has all the supporting cast around him and granted it was a uh, i don't know what the final score was. it was 15 20 point victory it was something absurd 32 to 9 okay uh that could have been a bigger number because tampa's receivers were like on kansas city level of dropping dropping balls the other day and uh yeah man the eagles are in shambles um i'm i told you in a text before before the game like that this was my super bowl because i don't have as a bucks fan like i don't have any expectations of them like, we're not going to win a Super Bowl. Like, we know that. But it's this whole season was to play like spoiler. Like, let's get to the playoffs and just ruin someone's playoff run. And there's no better team to take out right now than the Eagles because they were the darling last year in the NFC. And we had the chance to knock them out. I don't think it's going to go as well next week against the Lions, but it was fun to watch them do that. And I think that people got to stop sleep, sleeping on the NFC South. It's a good division. <laughs> yeah toughest division in, in football which is why everybody just
1: beats each other up right like everybody almost finishes the 500 because it's like the sec in, in the in college uh no all jokes aside honestly just a, a a great game plan from the bucks and their staff and the worst game plan. it's like the worst of both sides met it's like all right this is the worst game plan that we could possibly have as a team and this is the best game plan that we could possibly have as a team both of those teams executed like that and for the eagles i think there's more questions than they have for answers when it comes to how that team is going to be run uh, at the end of the day yes so the smith obviously had a, a crap ton of receiving yards 50 of them 60 of them on one catch but that offense needs help because they're just getting older and the older that they get on the offensive line or you know people like dallas garter getting pissed off at the white at the at, uh, at jalen hurts we saw him and AJ Brown get into it, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And it's like, you know, the there's supposed to be veteran leadership. And I think the the older the team gets, that leadership leaves, and you're left with these young cats that just like I'm I'm all here for myself. Like we had our shot and we missed it. So I don't wanna I don't wanna do this shit no more.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about potential windows closing later, but with the Eagles, it's gonna get tricky coming forward because you have Jason Kelsey retiring today potentially Fletcher Cox retiring and Jalen hurts contract is going to start hitting soon. I I think it's next year that the number bumps up. So it's going to be harder to pay everyone, keep everyone there. Devonta Smith at some point is going to have to get paid. We'll see what happens with the Eagles. Uh, As a, as a, on the buck side of things, I think Baker Mayfield has proven that he's not a great quarterback, but he's a good quarterback and he can win you games. And he's a absolutely a starting quarterback in the NFL I'd like to see the Bucks re-sign him for two to like two or three years, uh, because it's a crapshoot. You try drafting a guy, especially if you're going to be the middle middle of the first round. Baker came into the league with high pedigree, first overall pick, and he's had a really rough start. I mean, he I think they showed a graphic of him having like nine coaches in his first six or seven years. I think shout out to Sean McVay for kind of fixing him, like rehabbing mm-hmm. him, because he, he spent some time with the Rams last year, looked really good would like to see him get re-signed, and I just think with being in the NFC East, I think the Bucks have a chance now perennially at least to compete, make the playoffs. I don't know if they'll ever be a Super Bowl team, but weird, weird shit happens. You know, you could upset the Lions this upcoming weekend because just like the Eagles struggle with the Blitz, we all know Jared Goff's fatal flaw. If you can get him off timing and and throw him off, all sorts of trouble. Who knows? Maybe the 49ers get upset. Something happens. Brock Purdy gets hurt. But that's kind of football, man. You just got to get into the the dance.
1: All it takes is, like you were just saying, one injury, and it it flips the entire landscape of a team. Um, I don't I don't wish that on stuff. So for you to just call out Brock Purdy like that, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so well, don't put that in the air. I always we, said that because last year,
0: their season got drilled because Brock Purdy gets hurt.
1: Absolutely. Um, I think Goff has evolved from just a, a game plan signal caller. I think he's been able to find spots and areas and get in big games that you weren't accustomed to seeing when he played on the Rams. I think he's a completely different quarterback than he was uh, when he led that team to the Super Bowl. And and they got a, a fighter of a head coach, which will, won't will allow that type of stuff, um, I would say, like to play out. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think the, the Bucks got a chance. I, you at, you answered the question about like re-signing Baker. I just looked really quickly to see if there was anything else out there. Definitely not going to be a draft pick where with them making it to the second round. But if you had the choice, just based off of uh, this name that's going to be thrown around there in the next couple of months, would you take Baker Mayfield, Kirk Cousins, or Ryan Tannehill? <sighs> Meaning you'd have to overpay for Kirk. Tannehill technically had a, has had a better career. So you would rather stick with Tan, I me, mean, Baker or go with um would you rather go with Baker or i Kirk say Cousins?
0: I would stick with Baker because you know you know what you're gonna get at Kirk Cousins, you know where like his ceiling is and Baker you're gonna get him probably like a Geno Smith contract, right? Which is manageable. And I think it's also like I don't know. Maybe I'm a sucker for loyalty, but I just think you should show the man some loyalty after him coming in and doing it what he did. Keep him in the building. I'd stick with Baker. I know they're not in the playoffs, but I feel like
1: Geno Smith might might have opened the door for journeyman quarterbacks. You know, we we saw him have decent success, and I don't think that team's failure was was uh, them not making the playoffs. I don't think that was solely on Geno Smith. Uh, but look at the resurgence of, you know, Baker, like you're saying with this year, having the amount of starting quarterbacks get hurt the way that they did. Who's to say you don't have that quarterback that's been on two or three teams finally find a spot on team four and get, you know, a team to the playoffs. Right. So, like, I, I don't mind, you know, picking if you had the choice, picking Baker over Kirk Cousins, because with the Kirk, you, you know, what's going to happen. It's, you and know, it's coming off the ACL bad. injury. Yeah, which is, is really huge. He's not a mobile quarterback, but it's still going to affect the way that he throws.
0: Yeah, I know this is like a bit of a tangent, and that's how we roll over here. It's but a ago. I did want to say, like, I think this is kind of like a case study with Gino and Baker of kind of the importance of organizational stability and, and the right coaching. Because we've seen a lot of guys come in with high, I don't know, promise, and it just doesn't work out. And then the coach gets fired down the line. And, you know, maybe with Baker... And, Gino, this is kind of an example of two organizations, the Jets and the Browns who are always in dismay. Um, and when they go to better places, whether it be Seattle or Baker, I'm gonna I'm gonna claim the Rams is fixing Baker. the Rams it's like they're able to get the you know re- rehabilitate their career and I don't know I just think maybe we are too we blame the players too much about the shortcomings instead of looking at the surrounding situations. Yeah, majority of that though is
1: because of potential. And Geno Smith's potential was not the same as a Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield being, you know, drafted number one overall. I
0: don't think Geno was in top fifteen. Maybe he was top fifteen. He was the um, first in his class, but he he was probably later in the later in the
1: yeah. Draft, so. Just just different expectations. So I know what you're saying with that, but there's definitely a, yeah a lot more expectations surrounding you know Baker, Josh Rosen, um, Kyler. Those guys that were drafted in the top three of of a draft class, and you're expected to be the guy to turn around a franchise, but some of them just don't because of the way that the organization is run, like the Carolina Panthers, which is a terrible organization.
0: I will speaking of like a quarterback drafted first in his class later in the draft. I want to shift and talk about the Steelers Bills. I don't you probably don't think there's a lot of interesting things to talk about in this game because the Bills ended up by winning pretty handily. Mm-hmm. But I do think it was interesting the fact that the Bills jumped out to this massive lead, and they kind of just, I don't know, what's the word, like playing with your food? Yeah. They didn't stomp them out, and they allowed the Steelers to come back and make it a one-possession game closer to the end. At the end, the Bills eventually, after that, pull ahead. But I don't know. There was something weird about this game for me that made me second-think the bills being this because they were on uh, quite a run coming to the playoffs this potential juggernaut and now i'm starting to look at kansas city versus buffalo and saying i don't feel as comfortable as i did a week ago about that matchup so i i get what you're saying the only reason
1: why i'm not going to put too much stock into that is because it's a random rescheduled game for monday at 4 30. just a lot of variables for that 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 go into play um weather being a big factor and I think the way that you saw the, the, the hint of, like, you know, I got the S on my chest when it comes to Josh Allen. Uh, who knows if he was fake sliding or not when he took <laughs> off for 50 yards. Um, I know they outlawed it in college, but, like, looking back on it, you're like, hmm, I wonder what he was actually trying to do there. Uh, but at the end of the day, he took over that game. And whether it's up against Mahomes, it's up against Burrow when he was healthy, you know, in the AFC East any team that has to worry about Josh Allen it's usually a problem for the other team because if he's hot he's what you just saw 250 uh 250 in the air and just about 100 on the ground three touchdowns no turnovers like if that's what you get from him watch out right like that's that's tough because he he's a physical specimen that can run over your linebackers and definitely run through your 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 secondary but he can also toss that pig and if Stefan Diggs is feeling well, obviously if he's not, you know, prima donna, uh, he's gonna obviously cause some issues. Austin Kincaid is a is a hell of a tight end that that bails him out in, in certain spots. And I think they, they're finding ways of getting ba- the ball to you know people like Khalil Shakur, who's a good slot receiver, or James Cook, just hand him off and and, and potentially let him run for you know 70, 80 yards per game.
0: Two things. First, I think it's funny that Josh Allen did a potential fake slide, <laughs> where the person on the other side of the field, Kenny Pickett, was the reason why they outlawed it in college football because he did that fake slide remember, for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Kind of. I don't know if it's. I don't know if ironic is the. If correct he was word. playing, it would have been more ironic. But it was yeah. Mason Rudolph. I'm always afraid to use the word ironic because I. I feel like I always just use it wrong.
1: Is it ironic?
0: Don't That's you think? Yeah. Every time. <laughs> uh, but on Stephon Diggs, one concerning thing for me is that. He's Stefan Diggs. Let me That's ask you this. <laughs> when do you think Stefan Diggs had his last 100 yard receiving game? Um, week two of the regular season. Week six. Okay. I knew it was early. He hasn't been had it since. Awfully quiet since then. And I understand that they are doing it with a lot of different guys. They're running the ball really well with Cooks, they're getting Kikade involved, but they need to have the ability to make some big shots down the field. Now I still think Kansas City is a bit fluky in their win against the Dolphins because before that I don't think I think they they won handily. Let me get let me change rephrase that. But I don't think their offensive woes are fixed magically from one week, you know, they basically took a bye week on week 17. They've been abysmal offensively for the latter half of the season. Um but my point is that if they are to, you know, revert back to a more Potent offense. I don't think having Diggs be a shell of himself and not, you know, a dominant game changer, I think that might be a problem for the Bills.
1: Oh, absolutely. And uh Diggs is going to have probably his toughest matchup of the season when it comes to a you know corner on the opposite side, because Trayvon Diggs was out when they played the Cowboys and Lejarius Sneed absolutely sunned Tyreek Hill. And I know how cold it was out there, but I told you, I was like the defense showed up. They didn't care how cold it was. They were out there to be as physical as possible with that Dolphins team. And Snead's gonna follow Diggs across. I know we're talking more about like you know the Chiefs. That's good. I like that. versus the Steelers. Bill's game, but that's that's what you're. This is where you have to you have to man up. I don't care however that's taken from anybody that's listening or watching. But as as Stefan Diggs being the best wide receiver, one of the best players on that team. This is your game. This is the game that you have to go out there and say, I don't care who covers me. Like, I'm going to go off. Josh, I'm open. Throw me the ball in a respectful way. Because if it flips and he starts to complain, the Bills are in trouble. There is a magician on the other side of the field, and I don't care what anybody says. He's got that Brady mystique around him where he doesn't have to go off for 500 yards. He just has to get you a first down in certain spots. He has to move the sticks in areas that you don't expect them to. A random scramble for 12 yards for a first down. Mahomes is that guy, and the Bills need to be on their game because, as I I said to you in a text message, um, defense in the ground game travels, and that's exactly what the Chiefs are bringing into Buffalo next week is Isaiah Pacheco, Marshawn Lynch-esque running, like very heavy runner and aggressive, and if the Bills aren't ready for that, they don't need to throw the ball for 300 yards. You just keep handing the ball off to him because he's having a hell of
0: a run. I'm not ready to say that their ground games back. I just, I'm having flashbacks of them playing the Raiders and getting stuffed at the line every play, uh, but we'll he's, see. Do,
1: but as we say, we can segue into, because there's really no meat and potatoes on the, uh, the Steelers bills game. Well, like, I do.
0: There is one thing oh, actually oh, oh, I want to throw on the Steelers thing is uh, I've seen, I've heard some rumblings. Some, I don't know how, how like the, the level of rumbles, like maybe a little grumble. Grumblings about Mike Tomlin, okay, as a head coach, and the idea of like, should we stay with Mike Tomlin because we just make the playoffs and get bounced every year in the first round? Is he the right guy for the job? So that's, I thought that's we asinine, were gonna, yeah. though.
1: Yeah, rumbling wise, do you you want to keep this with the the coaching topic that we're going to go over later? Or oh, we can keep that. Down? Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah. well, I, let's just let's just tackle this one now because I feel right. like I feel like his job's secure. We ain't gonna worry about him.
1: So I don't think the Rooney's fire coaches they had,
0: you know, before. Um,
1: they wow, only I'm had like three to-
0: coaches in the past. That's what I'm
1: saying. Yeah. It, it was.
0: Like, um, oh, wow. And I'm drawing old white guy. I'll
1: get his yep. name. Yeah, sure. But before Tomlin, obviously, they had a coach that was on their team for 20 years. Same thing. And then before that coach, they had the original coach of, of the Steelers. And I I'm drawing a blank, too. Once you say his name, I'll be like, that's his name.
0: Uh, But Tomlin has been there as long. Go ahead. They've had more coaches. Bill Cowers, who you're thinking of. Cowers, who I'm thinking of, yes. And then Chuck Knoll from 1969 to 1991. That's a long
1: run. Incredible. Well, I think that's what it was. Is three coaches in 30 years. Yeah, Since since
0: 1969, they've had three head coaches.
1: Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't think that they'll fire him. And he went out there and said, I'm coming back next year. But I wouldn't put it past him getting to the middle of the summer and being like, you know what? Maybe I do step away. Right? And this isn't him getting fired, but it's like where they tried to do what a lot of teams fail at doing. And they are, which is they tried to reset while being competitive. It's not easy. They didn't find Ben's backup while Ben was on the team and they were still drafting as if they were in championship win mode. Which they got to a couple of afc divisional rounds they got to the afc championship with ben so like it's not like their window was closed they were just trying to win now and not replace the people that were going to end up leaving like uh antonio brown or a love bell and then ben roethlisberger like those names once they were gone there was nothing that was behind them in a replacement and and now you're seeing it where you're just very mid because of coaching and you can outcoach a bunch of teams, but eventually the talent's going to catch up, and that's what's happening is in the playoffs, they get caught up with talent. If they can find a quarterback, they'll be fine. I no. guess so, but you already got a wide receiver that's pissed off, very similar to how every wide receiver that's always been pissed we, off that plays for the Steelers. Can we, they we, keep finding we, replacements, but like every receiver likes to get pissed
0: off in Pittsburgh. George Pickens is not good enough to be pissed off. No. That's why I don't get it. But he's the number one. There
1: is no because I think who the receiver that was um, Deontay Johnson was hurt all season. So he's the pseudo de facto number one. And yeah. the number one, whether it's Antonio Brown, Martavius Bryant, Plaxico Burris, whoever has always been pissed off in
0: Pittsburgh at their quarterback. And he's just following suit. I want to ask you your opinion on this, on the, th- the fraud meter on a scale from one to 10 one being Stone Cold Lock, no fraud, 10 being like funny money, like complete frauds. This Dolphins team, where are you putting them on the fraud ranking?
1: I'm going to give them a solid six leaning closer to fraud, but not quite not fraud. Reason being, they had a crap ton of injuries. I was going to say, yeah. They got absolutely dismantled with injuries towards the end of the season and to the fault of their own, right? We don't want people to get injured, but you know, they lost Zavian Howard. They lost Chubb and they lost, I think, a linebacker all within those last two weeks of the regular season, which if they beat the Bills like you were saying in week 15, I think they played them.
0: They played like them last week, the last week of the season week 17. Okay.
1: Well, they they, they played the Ravens then. It was the Ravens game okay. where if they beat the Ravens, they wouldn't have had to play. They wouldn't have had to worry about the Bills game. You know and, what
0: really did the the minute was the loss of the Titans on Monday Night Football. That's. I mean, you could look back
1: on any team that you know is right on the cusp of being great, and then the one game that snipped them. And yeah, the the Dolphins. I wouldn't quite call them frauds yet, because Tua had his best season that he's ever had. They played a game, negative thirty degree weather. That's tough. I know the other that's team wild. did too. But they also had a shit ton of injuries, and I'm just not ready to call a team fraud when half of your no, they didn't score an offense, so there's no excuse for that. But half of their starting defense is out, hmm. like two really good corners. I think uh, Ramsey was there, but like he was playing like one-legged. Xavier Howard, who was shut down, gone, and your best edge rusher, edge rusher out. So I think those those things, you know, catch up to you. So I'm not ready to quite call them frauds yet.
0: And that's why also I don't feel confident in giving my stamp of, of approval on Kansas City being back because you just laid out all the reasons why an offense could be successful with all those injuries to the Dolphins' defense. I know weather played a factor as well, home field advantage. The Dolphins played a really, really tough week game a uh, week before against the Bills to try to win that division. And Kansas City the prior week sat most of their starters and just, threw in the towel on week 17 so i think everything was leaning in the favor of the chiefs in that game i would like to see them do it against an actual defense with both teams having essentially one week of preparation Mm -hmm. i'm still not back on the chiefs but again it's like one of those things where you just no matter how bad the team is man they still got 15 and it's really hard to count them out that's what I'm saying, man. I'm not going to bet
1: against them. I wouldn't bet if there was a chance to. I'd be like, nope, staying away from that game. But there's just, you know, he's got... You know, Shaq said it best. We're the champs, to we not the champs no more? And Patrick Mahomes has championship from last year. He's got two. And you just always have to worry about their team. There's just something about him in the playoffs. You're like, crap. You don't know if he's going to go off for 500 and six touchdowns or he's going to go off for 200. But like be surgical in areas that he needs
0: to be uh, to win the game for you. What do you think, without looking, because I, I know you don't do the gambling thing, what do you think the the spread is for Kansas City Chiefs at Buffalo Bills? Uh, Bills favored by two and a half. Dog, you should be fucking handicapping games. It's Bills plus, minus two and a half. Let's go. You were right on. So, yeah. I, and I'll show you here just so
1: you don't think I was cheating. This is what I have up right now. No, I know you don't have it. It's the... Uh, Some video games? What is no, that? no, no, no. It, uh, it's not there anymore. It was the Dolphins because we were going over oh, the Dolphins okay. the Dolphin schedule. So, I didn't even look at the... Oh, uh, no, I know. I I know. Game That's about.
0: impressive. Um, You know, the one thing I would say is like... The two things are interesting because it's really easy to have a quarterback on a rookie rookie deal. You're not paying him as much. Yep. And I think they're going to, I think Tua has one, mere, one more year left. One more extension year. And then they're going to have to extend him. And I don't know what type of figure he's going to command. I assume it's going to be a lot. And I just, I'm wondering out loud, and I know people are very like, either love Tua or hate Tua. It's kind of like how it works in this world is with Tua. Mm-hmm he seems like a guy who when things are going well around him and the timing is there, he is elite, right? He has elite anticipation, elite accuracy, but when things are tough, I'm just curious. Is he a type of guy who can elevate a team around him? Or is he more of a guy who can be excellent when things are going well, like a Brock Purdy. And I know that's not apples to apples comparison, but we look at Brock Purdy and his skill guys and his scheme. You have the same scheme essentially with the same coaching tree with Mike McDaniel's, and you have two number one wide receivers and a very good running back in uh, Achan. Oh, there's the text message. I got to disable <laughs> that. And I'm just wondering if we are over, overselling how good two is now. Granted, I think he's going to get the bag either way because, like, what are you going to do there? But I'm just wondering if you're the Dolphins, is that going to bite you in the ass in the future? So I wish I
1: had a Cam Newton style hat because you're talking about Brock Parody <laughs> and game managers and however the hell he says it. I got an unused cigar well, my brother. One
0: last, one last thing, on Tua yeah. thing is like, unlike some other quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts who also went to Alabama, Tua does not have the ability to, and maybe he does, but he does not use it to make plays on his own, right? He's not going to escape the pocket and get you rushing yards. He needs to operate within a system. And I think he is, I think he's Brock Purdy with some makeup on. Fair.
1: Um cool. you can actually hit the uh this 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 or on your phone you can turn it to do not disturb and it'll turn it off for your computer. Um I think Tua is because I, I spoke with my brother in law earlier about earlier today about this actually. I think he's top 10 If you don't count injured quarterbacks and he's top 12 if you do put in like a borrow um that you know that's injured for that was injured earlier in the season and i think with a top 10 quarterback you have a chance of winning a super bowl so i am i would i'm not saying that i'm out or like you you need to stick with two i just think because of the coach that you have the scheme that they run in the system that they are incorporating in miami they kind of flipped it in you know a couple of years with the the brian flores you run you run this as long as you possibly can there isn't another quarterback around his tier where he's at you know eight to 12 in the league that you're going to get more out of Mm -hmm. and those top seven aren't leaving their teams so like he's the best that you're going to get and he has this isn't his this isn't a ceiling season this was his best season. <laughs> right now. Uh, this was his best season. But I don't think this is a ceiling. I think this is just the uh, the cusp of how good how good he could actually be. I hit. I
0: clicked the hide alerts, and it's still going off.
1: No, no, no you got to turn your phone on to do not disturb because it's most likely connected to everything. I have to do it on certain times that I forget that I'm streaming. Um, it'll it'll make my iPad, my Mac, and my Mac uh, also
0: get rid of shit. Technology, man. I No, I'm not saying that they shouldn't re-sign him. Don't don't be run there. I'm just saying I think they're going to end up by paying him top four money, right? Top two, three, four money when he is more of like a top eight, top nine guy. And you can win a, a Super Bowl with him. That's great. And that's awesome. But again, it's a salary cap sport. And if you're going to overpay at that position where he's not necessarily elevating the guys around him, you're going to end up by not being able to pay the skill guys that make him great. It's just like, you know what I mean? It becomes a difficult situation. Yeah, enough, enough on the Tua thing. Um, is there another game that you want to talk about? I mean, it's a couple. There's a bunch we haven't touched on. You want to do uh, Browns-Texans? I'm sure that was an exciting game for you.
1: Yeah, we could do that one. Um, just because you know how how much of a fan I am of CJ Stroud. Um, I, we all joked and said there was going to be Flacco and <laughs> playing the Ravens. And then CJ was like, not a chance. not on my watch is essentially what he said. Um, And he just went out there and punched the Browns in their face. Like all this analytical, I I don't even know about his numbers that like how he played against man coverage. Uh, You hear all this stuff on ESPN. So like, it's not me doing the research. So big shouts to everybody that's able to provide this to us, but like ranked bottom five QBs in the league when the team's playing man coverage, but ranked top five in the league when teams playing zone coverage, so they went out there and played, man. And he was like, "Bet, I'm gonna tear you guys apart." And they're like, "No, no, 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 no. Let, let's go ahead and switch the zone." And he's like, "Bet, I'm gonna tear you guys apart even more." And he just kept slinging the rock, throwing the ball downfield, and we see like the the separation of like where he is year one of being a quarterback. And we hope this isn't his ceiling, right? We hope he continues to get better compared to players that have been in the league for three, four, five years. He's just separating himself. That that was the best defense statistically in the NFL. And he dropped forty five on him. Granted, there was a couple pick sixes, but he still he still had thirty, you know, twenty eight to thirty five points from him in his offense.
0: Yeah, that, I, I think you absolutely nailed it on the head. What I want to talk about is that I leaned Browns because the Browns have great man to man corners and they can pressure with uh, with four, maybe with five. And I thought that that was going to be a huge problem for CJ Strauss, especially this first game in the playoffs. It was not, a, not an issue at all, a non-issue. Um, on the flip side, I want to talk about Joe Flacco, where it seems like the magic ran out for the Joe Flacco man. I mean, granted, we kind of expected him to revert back a little bit to the mean. I, I mean I watched him throw some just uh, the the first pick six the first pick six was just a just terrible terrible decision, um, but yeah I mean, this team didn't show much life you know it was it was very one sided, uh Texans dominate every facet of the of the game I'll be very interested to see what it looks like on the road next week at Baltimore, um I think that's when CJ Stroud gets his welcome to the NFL moment, <laughs> granted hey what he's done so far has been phenomenal phenomenal like no one could have ever predicted this for any of the first round quarterbacks like not just cedar shout any any of these first round guys coming out that were highly touted um so hats off to him and he's doing it without i think is tank dell still out yeah he's out for the season that's like a acl mcl tear yeah he's doing it without his best wide receiver so it's it was really impressive um I actually wanted to if you did you want anything else particular on this game Because that's something i wanted to segue on the browns in particular
1: uh just i think it may have been commented on last week they're young and they're dumb so because of that there's no what do you expect right and this is this is coming into this ravens game where you'll see when it comes to what we got to talk about later the texans are young enough to not give a damn and Dumb enough to really not know what they're doing, meaning they got a young coach or a a, um, a short tenured coach and D'Amico Ryan. They got a, a first year quarterback and they got a bunch of misfits that didn't pan out anywhere. And like a Nico Collins being the wide receiver, um, you know, I think they still got uh, a, a Brevin Jordan as their tight end. They got people that nobody knew. And because of that. They, they don't have any expectation for themselves. Singletary they're just too. going,
0: what's that? Singletary is a running back who was cast they off Buffalo. Singletary
1: out of Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo. They're, they legit can go into games and play with house money, kind of like OKC in basketball last year, where just go out there and play. You can't, there's no pressure on you guys to win because you're not supposed to, you, CJ, you were not, and I repeat, you were not supposed to lead a team to a divisional championship your first year playing. The Texans were an abysmal organization two and a half to three years ago. Last year when they had Davis Mills, people were like, Oh my goodness, this might be a destination that nobody wants. And now look what you guys have done. So big shouts to him, man. Like he I'm not a Texans fan, but you know, I'll be rooting for my brothers out there and, and that's it. They got a big game for themselves, you know, you know, this weekend.
0: And they got a shit in a Browns picks. They do,
1: man. Like Hey, they got they they made out they they did it the right way you know some some people you know they they wanted the shot and they were like this is what
0: I want to ask it. you about. This is what I want to ask you ask you about. Now that the season's yeah. over for the Browns, where do you go from here? Because <laughs> I gotta be honest, like of all the quarterbacks who play for the Browns this year, Joe Flacco was, was absolutely the best. the best. And we all know Joe Flacco is not like great. So You have Deshaun Watson who you traded three first round picks for, you owe him all this money. Like, I know I know the answer is they're gonna try to stick with this man, but like you can't. Like, you just can't. But you can't get rid of him. Because you spent all those assets. Well, here's the thing not only that, nobody wants that.
1: You want Deshaun Watson, the quarterback in his, you know, in his heyday in Houston. Not now.
0: You don't want what he's providing for you now, field-wise, let alone off the field. You know, have you heard of the 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 expression? I don't know if it's an expression or a philosophy of the sunken cost fallacy. Yes. Okay. Do you want me to explain it to the people, or do yeah, you- I,
1: I know what it is, but I would, yeah, definitely. So for some people that may not know, because this is uh, this is really
0: in depth philosophy. I know it. I don't know like it, in its entirety but what i know is relationships like if you were to buy stocks so if you bought a stock at $100 and it goes down to 70 and you're like shit i'm down 70 bucks and you're like oh, it's go it looks like it's still going down south but i uh, i'm already down 30 so like i don't want to lose that 30 then it goes to 60 and 50 in forty. And it's you know, if you play fantasy football, that happens where you drive, draft a guy in the second round, he's been bad, and you have an opportunity week three to unload him, but you're like, he could still be good. And he ends up being just you cut him in a week week ten. And that's kind of the idea with Deshaun Watts, where it's like the Browns might be married to the idea of like, well, we spent all this money in picks. We can't just like move on. But like maybe it's the best actual thing for you to do, but you feel like you can't because you already put so much into it. The only reason why I don't
1: believe they could though is because what's out there for what they have. They can't trade them. You're not gonna trade quarterback for quarterback that's out there. And you're not gonna sign one. I just listed you not just, but you know, not too long ago, I listed the quarterbacks that are potential free agents. It's Kirk Cousins and Ryan Tannehill. I'd have Kirk Cousins. You, maybe, but like you have, but then you have to spend the money on him if that's the quarterback <sighs> that you want. And then you got draft picks where, yeah, you could throw darts at a, you know, at a board and and hopefully you land on a quarterback, but you're picking bottom 20, right? Or, or yeah, bottom 20. Is this crazy? is
0: this crazy. I've never, this, this, I've, I've heard this, this idea in basketball all the time, never in football where you just want to get off a contract. So you staple a pick and just send the contract out so you can clear the books. Like, would it make sense? a year from now if like let's say let's say this goes bad next year for Deshaun Watson he's not good mm-hmm. would it make sense for them to find the worst team next year staple a first round pick with Deshaun Watson's salary just to get him off the books and have someone take him and just sit him on the bench
1: yes uh, you can do it next year you can't do it this year next year he'll be the 10th highest paid quarterback okay which is fine this year he's still top 3 so you can't do it this year no nobody wants that i'm paying a top 3 quarterback to not play him or to bring in and hope he's good off of injury. Nobody's going to take that contract. Next year when Jalen Hurts, to Tua Tagovailoa and all these other fourth and fifth year quarterbacks get paid, his contract gets worse. This is why Mahomes is really fucking good because he's able to take money and then take us, you know, take a little hit. Just give me some bonus money. Younger quarterbacks don't want that shit. They want the bag, right? They he got his championship. So you can't do that this season. And you can't, going into the 24, 25 season, you got to do it going into the 25, 26. Yeah, the Mahomes contract was so
0: weird and so fake. I think the it was- NFL,
1: baby. It's it was, the NFL. It was, you
0: hide money wherever you can. What well, was like 10 years or something for like $500 million, but people lost their mind, but it was like a lot of incentives. Like he, he would have to win MVP all 10 years. He get all that money, which wouldn't happen. Uh, let's, let's get to the creme de la creme, the creme good la stuff. La. Let's get to the good stuff, the dessert. The Dallas Cowboys Mm. and Green Bay Packers. How about them, Cowboys?
1: I wish you had the sound of for they are who we thought they were, but like that's not even (laughs) there's not even need for it. Like, I'm glad you played the the sound from our our show last week, but hit the nail on the head. You know, Dak legit looked like a deer in headlights out there. It it looked like he had not been a top three quarterback all season. CD Lamb dropped passes that we didn't see him drop passes all season, right? Tony Pollard, shell of himself. Nothing on the ground game that was able to be viable. Um, I think they had the backup run in uh Rico Dodo, Doddle, nothing Dowell, on yeah. the ground. Yeah, nothing. And I know that you know, you look at it and go, Well, CD had a hundred, Michael Gallup had a hundred. Well, when you get the ball at the end of the game and they don't really need to do anything on defense, sure, they'll give up some catches. But in grind time, like this team is exactly what I said last week and have said all season long. They don't get judged until they get to the playoffs and then you the, the lights get bright and McCarthy freezes just like he did when he had the best quarterback in football in Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott. Proves that, you know, we don't know if like we can win a championship with him looks great in the regular season gets to the postseason and they're like, why did we resign him? It happens every single year with him. And then the defense, which I, I had a feeling was going to happen if they fell behind early. Mika Parsons doesn't like to tackle of anybody besides a quarterback. DeMarcus Lawrence is up there in age, he's not old, but he's up there in age where he's bent on just getting the pass pass rush. They're missing their corners, so obviously the rookie receiver, the younger receivers for um, for Green Bay torched them. And I think the the corner that was like one of the best corners, Deron Bland, I think his name was. He was on an island. Like they were sending so many different receivers. Whether it was Dobbs, they had Wicks that was out there doing his wor- doing work. Uh, Christian Watson was just around moving. He wasn't even catching the passes. He's just moving because of his speed, catch you off guard. Like they. They they ran a hell of a game plan as Green Bay and Lafleur proved that he's still a you know offensively minded quarterback coach and they just beat the brakes off the Cowboy.
0: It's too it's too expected. It's exactly what I, I had a feeling was going to happen. I don't know where to start on the rebuttal for this. I'm I'm with you on on all of it. Let's start on the pat. start a pause with the Packers. I feel like they've done it again. Like they went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. And Jordan Love might be a dude. He he sure as hell looked like a dude against the Cowboys. Granted, he's had some highs and lows this season, but his cumulative production's been very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the the Packers are an interesting team because they might be one of those teams that we're just seeing the up and coming, the up and up. They have two very young wide receivers. They were one of the youngest teams in the league this year, uh, maybe the youngest in the playoffs this year. And we're seeing these guys start to mature and come into their own. So I think the Packers are a really interesting case, maybe not this year, but I don't think they stand a chance against the 49ers. But going forward, I think they've answered a lot of questions. They they probably say we have a quarterback, we have some wide receivers we trust, and we have a coach that we actually believe in. So awesome for the Packers that you have kind of a roadmap now for the future because there were questions in the beginning of the season like is Jordan love the dude? Um, do we really love LaFleur? I think the answer is yes. Yeah, I I
1: mistakenly... I mean, it's one game, so we'll see. I mistakenly said, just based off of his ups and downs in the situation that he was in, that I'd take Justin Fields over Jordan Love. Just because of the way Fields is organizational-wise with the Bears and Jordan Love has everything. The Cadillac of organizations to be in. He's got plethora of weapons on offense he's got a a great defense he's got an incredible coach fields doesn't have any of that shit maybe dj more um so like when i saw love have his highs he like well good it's to be expected he should have those and when he had his lows it's like what the hell you can't be this bad like you you have a better team a better organization you you got to be better and we saw his high, uh, you know, this weekend. And if he's able to sustain that, now it's just, it's about consistency with love. If he's able to sustain that, they got their guy. They got a guy. I, it's just if he goes out there and um, they're playing the 49ers this weekend, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not expecting him to go off of 303 touchdowns, no turnovers. But if it's a 24-20 game, two tur- two touchdowns and a turnover, I'm not mad at that if he goes out there and it's a hundred yards three turnovers I understand the 49ers defense is good I'm not gonna say that I'm pulling back the reins on him being the guy but it's like all right like he's proven he needed
0: this maybe he needed this punch he's proven what he had to prove this year everything else is is gravy on top I think the point spread for the game this weekend is like ten and Eight a half, and a half? And a half. And a half?
1: Uh, yeah I got eight and a half okay
0: mine. eight and a half I mean I expect them to to win pretty handily the 49ers um, on the flip side, on the Cowboys, mm. a lot of unpacking. I, I still think Dak Prescott is a, is a quarterback that you can win to Super Bowl with. Again, I feel, I feel like he's around that two a tier of uh, somewhere between seven and ten to given on whatever given week you have. Yep. Good, It's a good quarterback and it's hard to find guys that good. You don't, you don't often get them in the draft. You don't often, those guys, like you said, don't go into free agency. So, I think that's Dak's fine. Dak wasn't the issue this game. Granted, he had some some bad miscues. But the defense is really the problem. Defensively, there's a lot of things to be optimistic about next year. I'm not saying mm-hmm. this year was an awful performance against the Packers. Deron Bland, rookie, five pick sixes this year. I think he's going to be an all-pro, right? So yep. they've found, again, another guy... Late in the draft, who can be a very good cornerback for you? You're getting Stephon Diggs back. I'm sorry, um, what's his brother, Trayvon Diggs? I thought you were gonna say Gilmore. Gilmore's still there, so you were on par with Stephon and Diggs. No, I it's meant just, you got uh, Trayvon
1: Diggs. And Trayvon Diggs, Gilmore. Excuse me.
0: I said his brother's name. You're gonna get Trayvon Diggs back next year, so you're gonna have, in theory, a very good at least cornerback group. I don't know what their safety situation like. You still have Parsons, so the pieces are all still there and they were a very good team in the regular season for a reason. I think if I'm the Cowboys and we'll talk about this later, cause we want to talk about coaches. I think if you want to point the finger to one thing is that they were not prepared and they didn't respond when they got punched in the mouth. And I put that on leadership, mm-hmm. Dak Prescott for as much as he likes to be in commercials, he sells the yogurts. He likes to sell the sleep number. You know, he's, he's a very camera facing guy. You know, he likes to be in the limelight. He's not like one of those rah rah yell in your face get the rally the troops guys when shit goes bad. Well, the team ain't gonna listen to him even if he did it. So if you want leadership that's not gonna be the quarterback, you need the head coach to be a good leader. I'm not trusting McCarthy as a leader of men. After this embarrassment, we'll talk about it later. But I just think if you're gonna point the finger to one thing, it's gonna be McCarthy and that coaching staff.
1: Yeah, just the the last bit of it, and we can we can flip it up. Is I didn't mean it as. That can't win a Super Bowl. It was more every time he fails, that conversation comes yeah. up around him. It was the same when he was trying to get his, you know, when he was trying to get his contract. It was, is he worth the money? Because we think we know what his ceiling is, and every year he has to go out there and prove it. That hey, I'm actually a good quarterback. But when this happens, which this is now three years in a row, you're like, all right, it it, it just recycles itself again. Where they're like, I don't know if we can. the media will say it. And Jerry Jones will also think it, which he's what's probably the biggest problem in Dallas.
0: But I digress well, on that I think part. that's hilarious that we have the, the Packers and the Cowboys talking about stability, where you're saying the Packers are like a very stable organization and they don't have an owner. Which like... Man, baby, the fans. The fans own it, um, which is the biggest crock of shit. Um, <laughs> I'm, 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 I, wonder why, I wonder why it's always the Dak thing getting hate. I think part of it is probably just... People hate the Cowboys. You you hate or love them, and then obviously there's another. You know, some quarterbacks get more leniency than others. You know, like Joe Burrow. Oh, you say? You you, you Joe Burrow. Um, even back at Philip Rivers. You know, no one shot talks about Philip Rivers, but Lamar Jackson. Mm. You know, Dak Prescott. I don't know what what differentiates the two, but you know, sometimes there are things I don't understand
1: it got to be the, I guess, the emblem on the helmet. It's, it's, it's really nothing else besides just, you know, how oh, dark the helmet but, is.
0: By the way, happy Martha of King Day. Thank you. Appreciate you. Prepare yourselves for the greatest and most unique segment in podcast history let's rank some stuff with d it's time for frizzes five Woo!
1: damn you bringing it today i love it I'm trying to man trying to end the night off with a good one trying to end the night off. waking with a good up one. all your children's so i uh, know awesome. i don't get the monitor so they probably <laughs> definitely heard me on
0: that one <laughs> all right what are we ranking today d
1: so, because we are in the height of NFL playoffs, and this is an important weekend for a bunch of different legacies, I would say, landscape wise in the NFL, we're going to go with top five quarterbacks with the most approved this weekend.
0: I like It's very, you know, sometimes you do pop culture, sometimes you do food. A lot of times we do food, um, but sometimes we really do sports. So, this is a very good one for this particular so episode. What, sorry.
1: Yeah. No, you're good. You're good. What I actually thought about too is, I think the last time we did one of these, we predicted the number one guy that had the most to prove, and they went out there and won an NBA championship. Do you remember who it was? Nikola Jokic, Mr. Joker Jokovic. Um, we had this exact same list. I think it was round two, or I think it was round two, going into the uh, into the playoffs. We were like, all right, these are the people that have the most to prove, and Joker was number one. Went out there and won a championship. So I'm hoping history repeats itself because my number one is my top five at ain't your top five. So let's get it going with number five. This is going to be a group because of the quarterbacks that have to play. And I don't think they really have pressure on them. They're just playing with house money. So I'm going
0: with both Jordan Love and Baker Mayfield. I don't think they have anything to prove, but it's fine.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I got to put quarterbacks because it's five, right? I got to put five. Um, I think Mahomes is off the list easily. He doesn't have to worry about anything. Uh, and then the rest of the list is involved with single players. But Love, Mayfield, I think they still got one of those like, hey, is this the guy that we can build around contract-wise for, for Mayfield, like you were saying? And is this, the guy, is this the guy for the future when it comes to Love? Uh, so not to say that they have a whole lot to prove, but just you know something in the back of the minds of some owners of people that are about to pay them. All right, number All right. four. Number four jared goff look listen the reason why i say jared goff is the lions have some some strange expectations now right they went 50 years granted it wasn't 50 years but they went damn near 50 years it felt like without getting a playoff win something stafford who was a number one overall pick just couldn't do in the 12 years that he was in detroit Goff now has moved the needle With the expectations of the Lions, it's been they're a great team, right? They have a great coach. They have an incredible defense and their offense is explosive. Their quarterback has been to a Super Bowl, but he came up short. Not only did he come up short, but he was so out of his league that people, they traded him. They were like, we can't trust him. McVay was like, I need another quarterback. Get him out of here. And he's used that as fuel I think he's got, not say some pressure on him like he's going to lose his job, but it's one of those, can you bring this team to the area that you were at already and actually win something?
0: I would think he'd be higher on this list because Jared Goff was widely thought as the reason why the Rams lost the Super Bowl. And he was thought of as a a salary dump in that Stafford deal almost. So I I would think he has more to prove because I don't believe in Jared Goff.
1: Okay. I like it. I like it, but remember this ain't your top five. This is my so top five. you have five. three ahead of that, huh? Yeah, we got three more ahead of this. Number three is Mr. Brock Parody. Only three? Only three. The reason why I say this, look, Brock, it's your time. You got, you got a healthy team, right? everybody's here. Christian McCaffrey damn near won the MVP. I think it's going to go to Lamar, but he damn near won the MVP. You got Debo. You got, you know, um, your tight end Kittle and you got an incredible defense. You cannot be what everybody thinks you are, which is a game manager. You have to go out there and win these games for the San Francisco 49ers and they have to get to the Super Bowl. Anything less is going to be on his shoulders as a failure and you're going to hear everything about can we win a Super Bowl with a guy that was drafted in the seventh round? That's what's going to come back up. I think he would be my number one
0: because really? he is... I mean, I know the guy you might have number one. I'm not going to You say that, but I, would, I think you probably have Lamar up there higher than him. I think there's other guys that potentially you could have in this list like Lamar or Mahomes. They're MVPs. They've won Super Bowls. At least one of them has. Brock Purdy, no offense, Brock, you ain't done shit, right? And you are the guy that everyone says is the ultimate system guy. What did Cam Newton call him? Uh, um, Game manager. Game manager. So you, with the, with the best team in NFL right now, you need to prove with everything around you that you can at least get this thing done. If you fall flat on your face this weekend against the Packers, Oh, boy. then of mercy. First take is going to have a field day on your ass. So you better come in. Hot. Truth. As one of my coworkers would say, Brock, it's time to
1: shit or get off the pot. <laughs> Number two. I'm going with my guy up in Buffalo. That's Josh Allen. Look. Look at here. Look at. Well, look. I got means. Bees. bees pretend, no, we're not going to do that. But what I am going to say is, Josh, this is it. This is the time you have your arch nemesis, your arch rival that you went to overtime and you didn't get a chance to get it done a couple of seasons ago. Then you fell flat on your face against uh, Cincinnati the year after. If you lose this game, Mr. Josh Allen, or you win and you don't get the bills to the Super Bowl, the Buffalo window has closed. It's done It's over with. McDermott will get released. You will see Stefan Diggs want to leave. Everything will be on Josh Allen's shoulders and that AFC East if he does not get this team to the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, I like it. He's probably number three. My only thing is I think that we already know he's that dude. Like, he's a dude. And I don't think we don't believe Purdy's a dude right now. Again, I think there's some validity in the idea that You've never really advanced. I don't, I don't think they've ever made it made it to the uh, AFC Championship game. Correct? Who? Josh Allen. They did. That was the year they lost to the Bills. Okay. They the in overtime. They, they've made some runs. I do think it would be nice to have it as a resume resume builder. But I'm not looking at Josh Allen as like he needs to prove something. Especially considering he has gone absolute ape shit over the past five weeks to get them in the playoffs. We thought the Bills were dead in the water. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like. You brought this team back single-handedly, so I don't think you have as much to prove as some of these other people. Uh, Eventually, people are going to get sick and tired of coming in second
1: place, and owners, leadership, everybody is going to be like, we can't just keep doing the same shit over and over. It's always going to come down to the quarterback. So not to say that it's fair, but it's the reason why he's number two for me. Give me my drum roll, please. I say this because I want him to have the most pressure that he's ever had on his shoulders. I want him to go in and lead this team through the AFC to the Super Bowl and win himself a Super Bowl MVP. It's Mr. Lamar Jackson. Look, I know you're going to say he doesn't have much to prove, but this is more for a personal proving point for me. Lamar Jackson, I believe, has the most pressure on him because for the next two or three years, if this team fails while being the number one seed and they have the easiest road to the Super Bowl that they've had, minus coming across a Mahomes, obviously, they're going to go back to saying he's just a running back. That stuff has been very quiet over the last year because of what he's done in the air, but we haven't seen him be successful in the playoffs. We saw him get, the team get blitzed by Derrick Henry back when he played Tennessee. I know it was his rookie season but they were able to revert him to just running and not passing. And what do you think they're going to do with Texas with Houston? They're going to try to get him to be a passer and he has to play the way he's played all season. If he gets past this, he's going to be playing either Buffalo or, or, or Kansas city two really good teams that you're going up against guys that have been there already. The Mar has to me more to prove because the, 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 the history that he has of losing in the playoffs versus what he is as an actual quarterback in the NFL. I think the
0: problem is that you're trying to prove it to the wrong people right now, because we're talking about a guy who has a MVP already and likely a second MVP this season. Right. Mm-hmm. And the people who criticize Lamar for not having playoff success to this point, they have put their flags in the sand as being Lamar haters. And some of them have been doing it for the wrong reasons. I'm just going to yes. say that. Um, and it's happy MLK day. Um, And I just think that you're never going to satisfy those people, right? There's, there's always going to be an excuse as to, or there's always, they're always going to move the goalpost, no pun intended on that argument. And I don't think, I mean, granted, I understand that like, it would be nice to be like, shut the fuck up. Like, look at this. They got it done. Um, But to me, like for, at least for me personally, the dude's a baller top, whatever quarterback, like top three, uh, top three, top four, whatever you want to say, two-time MVP, Dude's amazing. You can throw him in any team and he'll be he'll instantly make them better. To me, like he has nothing personally to prove. Um and I just think having him number one just to is just because his most ardent haters are just the loudest, most obnoxious people that will never give in. Maybe that's part of it. I
1: even said it in the prelude to introducing him that like this is a personal pick for me. Yeah. Um, because of I just the the noise, right? And that noise was very, very quiet the last Eight weeks of the season when he was throwing dimes, not turning the ball over, not even really scrambling, but winning games. And the issues that they had last season was not being able to finish in the fourth quarter. That was not a problem this year. They they got their full fledged defense. They got offensive weapons, and he's driving the truck uh, right through the AFC. In which I think if he caps this off with shutting people up, you know, on on, on keeping this chip on his
0: shoulder. This kid's gonna go down in history as one of the best to ever play. The only honorable mention I want to throw in that I wrote down, non-quarterback division, Sean McDermott, head coach of the Buffalo Bills, because we already know he's a clown. It's been a mess all season. He's been like low key on the hot seat before the the run to the playoffs. I just yep. think if he if he falls on his face this weekend against the Chiefs, and they get off to a bass heart next season, his ass might be uh, in trouble. I said that with the Josh Allen
1: part. I think he might be already in trouble if they lose this week. Josh Allen, nah, he ain't going anywhere, But He's one of the no, no, no at... not Allen. I'm saying, oh, me, um, McDermott.
0: McDermott, yeah.
1: I, I was saying it's looped in with it with that window closing, okay. and that's going to be on. It's going to be on McDermott's shoulders.
0: That's fair. Good, good list. I liked it this week. Last segment, I don't know how much time we're going to spend. We'll just kind of see how much time we have left in the show. Mm-hmm. NFL coaching carousel. Obviously, since we met last week, we had Bill Belichick being let go or quote-unquote mutually parting ways. Yep. Uh, we've had Pete Carroll go. We've had, I think Gerard Mayo is the only hire since then, right? Uh, yes, Gerard Mayo to the Patriots. Okay, so we, we wanted to kind of touch back in and just check in on some of these coaching things. I did want to start with the Patriots because we do have people who listen from the Northeast who watch the Patriots like the Patriots. I like the hire. Uh, I've heard people in my friend groups, some people like it, some people love it, some people hate it. Um, I like the hire because draw Mayo was, was a guy who has been in the system for a long time. He was a very hot coaching candidate two years ago. People wanted to snag him he decided to stay put with the under the gentleman's agreement that he would eventually take over for Bill Belichick. That was kind of a, a known thing. And contract. I appreciate that Kraft decided to stay loyal to someone who's been with them for a very long time as a player and a coach. And I think it's smart to have someone who, quote-unquote, knows the Patriots' way. Granted, some people are like, well, we're, it doesn't work anymore. It's recycled. Mm-hmm. But if we're going to be quite honest, a lot of the problems with the Patriots this year was not the defense. They were actually a very good defense, especially on the stretch. It's the offense and some of the coaching decisions, not Gerard Mayo. And another bigger problem was Bill Belichick was their GM and hired the staff. Yes. Terrible job as a GM. And as far as hiring the staff, Towards the end of his days as a head coach and GM, Bill Belichick was made it a friends and family discount where he literally hired his friends and family. He had so his bad. ugly ass son with his mullet co- playing uh, calls him defense. I like it because you get Gerard Mayo in, he knows how the organization needs to be run, get a legit GM, have Gerard Mayo hire a good, competent offensive coordinator that isn't part of the Patriots organization and rebuild from there. It's great. Yeah, I, I think the Patriots got the hire right.
1: Um, I think staying from within is is definitely a good thing for chemistry amongst the team. I think the team trusts him, obviously, because of his position, although it wasn't quite defensive coordinator. It's like defensive analyst, I think, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, so for him to get that promotion, I'm not mad at it. I think they have bigger fish to fry with pieces on that roster than coaching. And granted, you got rid of the GM by removing Belichick. So now with your third overall pick in the draft, you have to hit, right? And I, I don't think you can make a mistake whether you go quarterback or Harrison Jr. and then get take a quarterback later or pick up a bet. Maybe they go out there and get Kirk Cousins. He fits right in there with them with the way that they like to have their quarterbacks. And you know what I mean by that? Hmm. Um,
0: <laughs> Happy Martin Luther King Day.
1: What I mean is I think if they hit the reset button the right way, then yeah, you give Mayo the 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 three to four year leash to try to get things going in the right direction. I'm not saying they're gonna be Super Bowl bound or even playoff bound in two or three years, but if they're at least heading in the right direction, then that that shows promise compared to what's been happening post Brady is they're not they weren't heading in the right direction. They were going the complete opposite and have gotten worse every year since.
0: Yeah, and I think the things that you can point to as the reason why they were going the wrong way were mostly caused by Bill. And I think Bill's still a good coach. I think he's a great X's and O's guys guy. And he knows how to I mean he's done it for however long in New England, 25 years or something. He knows how to run a, a winning organization as a coach at the very least. I think his I think his days as coaching is not done. I actually think it's a very interesting potential fit with a team we mentioned earlier. Them Dallas Cowboys because here's the thing Hear me out on this one. Mm-hmm. Jerry Jones has already called him. Is old AF. Yes, and he loves himself his Cowboys, and I know that man would love nothing more than to win one more Super Bowl before he goes to wherever he's gonna go in the afterlife. The upper room. Exactly, and if you have a pre-made team. What person are you? What person is better to call if you just want someone who has winning championship experience than one Bill Belichick, potentially the greatest football coach in NFL history? It's a match made in heaven. It, the, the cards
1: lined up properly. And I think, you know, there's some talks of Belichick meeting with the Falcons. Uh, also, like, weird to see, you know, the <laughs> team that blew the 28 to 3 lead looking to hire the coach that came back and beat their ass for it. Um, but I think if there were, you, you talked about this actually earlier today, Mike McCarthy isn't a leader of men mm. and and Bill Belichick commands respect because when he walks in, even if he's got a two and 30 record, I know it wasn't two and 30 in the last three years, but essentially if it were, he can walk in and say, kiss the six or <laughs> seven, if you count, you know, New York. Right. So like he, he can go in was it Cleveland or New York? One of them before he got there. Um, he can go to any team and he could go to Dallas and say, I have more than your entire franchise. Listen to what I have to say. And you have to. M- Mika Parsons will, right? Dak will become a better quarterback because he's the guy that's leading the the you know the the locker room. It's Bill Belichick. It's not Dak Prescott. It's not Trayvon Diggs. Mm. So I think if there is a best landing spot. You know, we talked about it being LA and, and Atlanta, um, you know, a couple weeks ago or even last week. No, it's it's the Sorry, man. McCarthy, I hate to say people need to lose their job, but he ain't getting it done. And I think I think as soon as that clock hit triple zeros, Jerry Jones was calling New England. I'll tell you that. And I or think, he's calling
0: the Cape or Martha's Vineyard, wherever <laughs> Belichick's chilling. I think also there's a possibility Bill retires. But here's the thing with Bill, and I think this might be... No. I think it's what might be driving him. Number one, he loves football. like He lives for that shit. No, number, that's not no, what's driving him. Not, number two, which I think is we're going to say, him and Brady were together for how long Won all those championships? Brady leaves, goes to Tampa, wins a ring without Bill. Bill probably looks at the situation and be like, I want to do that myself to prove that I can win a Super Bowl without Tom Brady from my legacy. And if you're if that's your mindset as Bill Belichick, if that's what you really want to win another ring without Tom Brady, to to shut up all the haters, the the Bill versus Tom Brady thing, you want a team that can win now, that's ready to build. I like that Herbert's in LA, but that team ain't serious right now. The Cowboys year in and year out look like a serious Super Bowl contender. And the only reason why we don't take them seriously is because they're the Cowboys and we know they're going to fuck up at some point. So bring that serious Patriot way to, to the Dallas Cowboys. I just think that it will make Jerry Jones happy, whereas you have the best chance to win the Super Bowl immediately and make Bill Belichick happy, where you can accomplish your goal and win a championship. Because he's also very old without Tom Brady. I think...
1: The Brady thing may be in the back of his mind, but I don't think he cares about Brady. Mm. I don't think he cares about any of that shit that you just talked about. Interesting. You know what I think? You know what I think does drive him? What? Him being 14 games away from being the most wing oh. winningest coach in the history of the NFL. That's a good point. I think that's what's keeping him up at night and be like, I like Atlanta, and I could probably run that division and they go from seven, eight wins to maybe 10, right? Still got to play other teams outside of the the NFC South, unfortunately. So he might look at this as, can I do this in a year? Or can I do this in two, maybe three years? He goes to Dallas. He gets this done in a year. Mm-hmm. He can t- That team won 12 games this season. I could see them being a 14 and three team. Simp easily with him being the head coach. Those close games and dumb time management losses that they have, that shit doesn't happen on a Bill Belichick team. And yes, not only do, do they get the potential, you know, top seed in the NFC, now they're actually a threat in the playoffs because there's no historical background of, yep, yep, McCarthy's going to blow this one. It's now Bill Belichick where he has the advantage facing whoever he's about to face as crap. I'm going up against Bill Belichick. That that mystique makes coaches do dumb shit, which will help them out, which could potentially help them on the playoffs. He doesn't coach the Dallas Cowboys, but that's something that that other teams would have to worry about.
0: Uh, just other really quick catch up on some other coaching stuff. I did hear that Antonio Pierce is the front running candidate for being retained, moved from Hmm. interim to head coach with the Raiders, which he deserves it. The team was a disaster before he took over, and the guys really rallied around him, so I'm happy for him. To see that positive action for him. Devontae uh, Adams is probably happy. Yeah. Uh, another one is that Jim Harbaugh... Is it Jim or John? I always fuck it up. We, we, we both need to get this right. Jim Harbaugh. John is, is Jim? It's Jim Harbaugh. It was, it was Jim. It was Jim. both. Whatever. The Harbaugh one that's from Michigan. Uh, he did take an interview with the LA Chargers right this week. That would be an interesting fit. I think... I think ultimately they probably will go that way. I don't know how you feel about the situation, but he is a more offensive-leading mind. Um, and then if you look at the candidates out there right now, with maybe Bill or um, who else is another another leading candidate? Maybe Pete Carroll. Uh, Rabel's out there. Rabel. None of them are really offensive guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they want to bring in someone with a fresh, fresh set of eyes who can kind of rejuvenate um, – Justin Herbert and especially you know coming from the college game I know it's not the NFL but as we said on this podcast before college football is like the incubator for NFL offense like it's a testing ground so I think I think that'll be a good fit for them I don't know if you agree with that or not I wouldn't mind it um, I think
1: that would definitely help help boost Herbert into being a top tier quarterback um, getting the best out of someone like an Austin Eckler or Keenan Allen before he kicks, you know, the the retirement bucket. Um I think they have the ability to get one or two younger pieces to help out Herbert if they were to take on a Harbaugh um, as the coach. Uh if they go out there and get a defensive-minded coach, it's not going to help that team by any means. They they're going to win games based off of their offense, so they just need a a, a mind that can mold with Herbert, not against.
0: Does Pete Carroll Go anywhere? Does he stay as a uh, special assistant or whatever they gave him a title for with the Seahawks?
1: Yeah, I think he stays as a staff member with Seattle. Um, the, I wouldn't. There wouldn't be a, at least for me as if I'm an owner. There's no market for a you know uh, a coach of that age. Yes, mm. he's got himself a Super Bowl, so like that. There's nothing against that, but age and scheme wise, you could see that it's caught up to him. And I, I just wouldn't take on that responsibility of a 70 year old coach for SNP Carroll.
0: And then the last one, I guess, is like Mike Vrabel. Do we think that if Harbaugh goes, would he then default to the next best candidate? Or are we still, let, do you want to throw Bill in there too? Would he default to the next best candidate? And then, like, where would you like to see him go? You know, I'm. I say this in the
1: utmost respect that I possibly can. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes jobless. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't get picked up. He's a good coach. Uh, he's a great coach. I'm not saying that he isn't. Um I just wouldn't be surprised if he has a off year. Meaning there's no great jobs that are out there outside of LA and I don't see the fit in Atlanta. I just don't. But if he doesn't go to LA or he doesn't go to um who are we just talking about? Sorry. There's two teams.
0: We're talking about LA. We talk about the Raiders. So the Patriots I guess somewhere. no. He was
1: not going to Dallas by any means. But yeah, if he doesn't end up in LA because of you know somebody else that doesn't fall through the cracks, I could see him just not coaching next season, taking a year off, or you know a coordinator somewhere um, on staff, and then boost his value up by having like the top five defense that he's had, I and then a, finding a job for next
0: year. I have a wild one for you for Rabel. Yep. Would love to see him in Seattle. Have a- yeah, but. Well, hear me You have a really good foundation offensively. He's a defensive guy. Defense is what needs to be retooled. He, I guess the reason why he parted ways with the Titans or got fired was they had different philosophies on how they want to continue. He has no interest in rebuilding. That's not what he wants to do. They, the Titans, looked in the mirror and said, we need to tear this thing down. Mm -hmm. And I guess leading up to this year, he's lobbied for moves for winning now, and they've continually pushed against that. I just think he doesn't want does not want to be part of rebuild. I think that with Seahawks it's a good situation that he can win now and he's respected as a coach. I don't see that being a bad fit
1: now that you said that. I knew that's why I said is there two teams that we were talking about? Seattle was the other one. Oh, my bad. Um, no you're good you're good. I think that that wouldn't be a bad fit. But like I just I still don't think that it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if he took the year off. Grabbed a coordinator job and then next year, when there's four or five more firings from teams that have high draft picks and a decently young quarterback, he swoops in there and he tries to revamp his career because he's not done coaching by any means. No, he's, um, he's too young. But I would I wouldn't be surprised if like he takes you know the the Cliff Kings Kingsbury year off and comes back who who hasn't really had his name thrown about there. But I wouldn't mind taking his offensive mind
0: coaching uh, over Dennis Allen. That'd be a fun fit for New England if they could bring him in, O.C. Mm. All right, good good talk. We'll, we'll circle back in a couple weeks on the coaching when things uh, sort themselves out. But let's get to one of our favorite favorite segments in the last segment, Closing Takes. The show is coming to an end. But first, it's time to get to anything we've missed. It's Closing Time. One segment, two takes. Narcose. Closing takes the time where we both get to go off the agenda and just talk about whatever the fuck we want. I'm going to start us off, D. Go ahead. I have a question for you. Statement oh. and a question. Oh, boy. Statement is that this week, a legend in college football retired, Nick Saban. Replacing him, Kalen DeBoer, head coach of the Washington Huskies who went to the national championship game. I heard this question discussed on Bomani Jones podcast. Mm -hmm. Love to hear what you have to say. Is Alabama a good job? And to preface that, well, let me just hear your your unfiltered opinion. Short answer is no, but go ahead and ask the rest. No, I think they also agreed. No, it's not a good job. It's a good job because, yeah, you're going to win games and have a chance to be competitive but no because that shit is going to destroy your life
1: yeah so there's two parts to this first is uh you don't ever want to be unless promoted that's different but you don't ever want to be the guy that fills bill jackson's shoes after he leaves chicago bill jackson's shoes after he leaves la doc rivers after he leaves boston people that essentially you see where i'm going People that leave a legacy with the franchise and you have to be the guy that fills in their shoes you don't want to be that next guy now i think they got the right hire but a lot of people forget how bad alabama was pre-brody Croyle or brody Coyle, whatever his name was meaning the the early early nick saban days when Coyle was his quarterback bama was mid not only were they mid, they were finishing fifth, sixth in the in the SEC. Like, every single year, they were getting their ass whipped by Auburn. So, I think they stopped the bleeding by getting the hire from Washington when it comes to losing recruits. Because as soon as Bama, as soon as Saban said he was leaving, they lost, like, 12. Like this. They were like, nope, not going there. Because there's, there's a change in us being a national champion, contender, or me being an NFL prospect. And you have the name assigned to you of Saban, you become an NFL prospect. Even if you're the third best corner on Alabama, when it's not, you better hope you win a national championship. And I think he he stops the bleeding with them leaving lo- losing transfers. But no, I, I I don't want that job after Nick Saban. Not at not at all. So offer. I
0: think their their discussion was more of in general, would you want to be the head coach of Alabama? And the reason being that they said it was not a desirable job is because. The expectations are so high that it's almost impossible to succeed there. And the idea that they were and like SEC Network and stuff were like criticizing Nick Saban because he hadn't won a national championship in three years. Like that—that right? that is the standard at Alabama. If you win—if you win ten games and, and have two losses, they want to—they want to kick you out. You—if you, if you win—if you win eleven games, one loss, but your one loss is Auburn. They want you the hell out of there. It yep. is, while you have a chance to be great, the bar is so high. And the people, listen, people in Alabama, I'm sure you're very nice people, but y'all crazy. And that's all they got. They don't they don't have any NFL. They don't have any NBA. They have no NHL. They got Alabama football. And... roll damn, tide. If you ain't good, man, they gonna want your head on a pedestal. Uh, what is that, Pike? Yeah. So it's, it's a tough job, man. And I it's going to be hard to follow up Nick Saban, like you said. Good luck, buddy. But I don't think it's going to end up well for him.
1: <laughs> not at all. I give him two, maybe three seasons. Two. <laughs> if he starts off seven and five, oh my goodness. He's fired already. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't get that second year. Um, But hey, man, I like, that, I like that one. I'm actually going to flip the script and I'm going to go basketball. But not only am I going to go basketball, but I'm going to go women's college basketball for mine. I'm going to give a big shout out. And I know this one's going to be relatively brief because we're we're up against it, as they would say on TV. Um, But Miss Ashley Watkins,
0: have you heard of her? I know Caitlin Clark and Angel Wilson. Those are the two. Nothing
1: wrong with that. We'll get to know Miss Ashley Watkins as the University of South Carolina Gamecocks are actually ranked number one in the country right now. So good for them. But a fast break dunk off of one that would sent the house into a frenzy. Okay. Saw it on Instagram where she played lockup defense uh, against the point guard. She ripped the point guard at the three-point line and ran the fast break and rose up one-handed, one-legged, two. Bang! Threw it down Le- better than Lisa Leslie. We know how, like, not awkward, but we were like, ah, oh, she made the dunk when Lisa Leslie tried to do it. And Brittany Griner was the first one that I'd ever seen do a drop-step two-handed dunk like Shaq. <laughs> but Ashton Watkins, sophomore out of South Carolina. Um, it was pretty cool. She's like 6'3", and there's some dudes that are 6'3 in the NBA that can't dunk. So big shouts to her for the rip, fast break, and then rise up dunk. Granted, the, the get back on defense wasn't the greatest for whoever they were facing. They kind of just let her do it, but it sent the entire stadium into a frenzy. I loved it. Obviously, a bunch of likes and retweets when I saw that. Um, so big shouts to you, Miss Ashley Watkins. You,
0: you earned a fan and myself when it comes to watching some South Carolina basketball. I love it. This might be this might have been our longest show of all time. We only had two segments. You ain't lying, bro. But it's football season. It's a hey man, it's time to talk football. That's why we're here. All right, do you get us out
1: of here? So we're gonna get you up out of here the best possible way. We appreciate you all being here, listening live or listening to us on the rerun tomorrow morning while you guys are going to work. Please drive safe. Uh, when you get a chance make sure you hit us up on all of our socials obviously you can find this podcast not strictly on Apple you know podcast but you can also find us on Spotify hit us up on Facebook we had a couple of viewers that were chiming in on Facebook today so we appreciate the emojis the likes and the loves everybody that's over on Twitch obviously you can like and subscribe hit that follow button hit the little bell so you get the jingle around 8 o'clock on Tuesdays saying that we going live hit us up on the X formerly known as Twitter one X day we'll get an it Instagram what's that X go give it to you uh, we might have an instagram or a Tiki Talkie at one point but we definitely have a website that ain't got no merchandise so don't ask us because we ain't buying nothing as i say every time we're getting up out of here please 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 make sure y'all take care of y'all mentals please make sure y'all take care of y'all physicals take care of y'all chicken take care of y'all children and we'll catch y'all on the rebound